Hey, and welcome to uh, week two's edition of the Rugby Report Cup. Uh, with me this week is uh, Jim. How are Hello. you? Hello. Good, mate. How are you? Very loud, Jim. I'm, I'm good, thank you. And uh, Blake, how strong. are you, mate? You are coming in strong. Uh, I'm, I'm good, Richard. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. It was a good round of rugby, lots of... Uh, uh, lots of highlights. I'm disappointed with my tipping this week. Uh, I thought the Rebels would come out firing and show a little bit of heart. I thought that was a bit of the talk of the town, but, but definitely didn't materialise. And the Blues let me down as well. So uh, a bit disappointed with the tipping this week. How would you boys do? Man, full round. I got a full round. But for some fucked up reason, the first round, it didn't accept my shit. So I'm on five. So I'm off it. I'm not doing it anymore. Oh, you're spitting it down, <laughs> me. I, tipping, I, uh, tipping, I can't do it, man. It takes over my life. Um, no, I was late. I got my tips on late, so I missed uh, yeah, the yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that old chestnut. Yeah, so I missed right, the uh, I missed the first game, um, but uh, other than that, I think I was perfect. Does the no. not run that narrative? Hang on, you tip the blues, mate. Yeah, I thought that, and then I checked it. I checked, and apparently, I tipped the Canes. Who tipped the Rebels in their right mind? Yeah, Richard, what's wrong with you? Well, to be fair. I'm your mate, so that's more of a question of what's wrong with you two. Yeah, that's... Uh, can I just say, kudos, though, there are, looking at our tip and comp, there are um, 11 people who I've got 100% right now. That's pretty impressive, right? Should have been me, man. It's not, though, is it? It's not, though, is it, Jim? Did you saw me? You saw me at the airport tipping. I don't know why I didn't save. You reminded me and made sure I did it. I don't want to get into it. I'm already upset. Are you okay, Jim? No, I just... Furiates me. Anyway, but what a week it was, mate. Fuck, like, oh, let's start. Let's start with the old force team coming through. Yeah, what do you think about that? What do you think about that at the moment? Like, is the is the story the force? Like, because we should be praising them. You know, they've done fantastic. They're uh, they're building something there. Money's been thrown at it from Twiggy, which is great. Or is actually the story how shit lack of culture building on what we talked about last week, the rebels, which is a greater story. Well, they are the new Tars, the rebels, aren't they? They're the new Tars. I think, and think they're actually worse than the than the 2021 Tars, aren't they, Ooh, the Rebels? Oh, I don't know, man. That's a huge call. They've still got names. The 2021 Tars didn't even have names. Oh, they exactly. had names. Pa- paper matters a little bit. Um, no, yeah, exactly. I, I, again, I think I, I reckon we've got this wrong. I reckon the story is the force are good. I think it takes time to build a club. Um, and I think last year they built a club... Um, you know, joining ragtag bits and pieces together, and this year they're they're building something. Um, they're building something, and I think players have played together. And I think, um, I mean, Pasito is the talk of the town after this round. Um, I think, and look, I've said it a thousand times, and I'll say it again. I'm biased, but you tens your quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team. Um, and I don't think the force had one last year, and I think they've got one this year in Pasitoa. Uh, and I think it makes a hell of a difference. And I think everyone else is just one year further down the track. So I guess on Pasatoa, the talk of the town there is Tim Horan and, you know, fantastic rugby player. He's my favourite growing up. Um, 1991's Wallabies. I watch that tape a lot. Love him. But uh, not the best commentator. I think we no. all agree there. No, um, no. But he's come out with some hyperbole and said Pasatoa basically must be the Wallaby 10. Um, I think he's oh, get out of it. since yeah. walked that back a little bit and said it should be in the squad. And then Checkers come back launching, this is the problem with Australian rugby, always looking for the quick fix, always bringing in the young kids, um, let him get a few seasons under his belt. That's a bit rich, isn't it? 
on his coaching form? It is. It is rich from him because, fuck, wasn't he there with a Band-Aid whenever he needed one? But I'm not heaps in for Torrin, uh, Horan's chat either. I watched oh, to- that game, man. Horan or Torrin, neither. I, I watched that game. Pasado, yes, he played well, but he was by no means the reason that they dominated that game. No, I agree. But, and so I don't know where all this shit's coming from. And you and your tens, your quarterback, Timur was twice the player he is right now. No dramas. The, the Force are a good team is because they've recruited well. Inco- incorrect. They're playing for something that's a little more than just winning on the Saturday. And, fuck, they all want to be there. I'll give the Force a little bit more. I think they've got the best fans in Australia too. I think that counts. Could you paddle backwards any faster? I seem to remember you slagging yeah. them off a while ago, mate. What's all this about? Mate, we've got new listeners. The Sea of Blue. See those Tars fan braving that weather? I don't know if they do. And do, you know, do you know what? Uh, you talk about them having a quarterback. I think that's rubbish. Without a good, without a good uh, set of forwards, I don't think you actually uh, have the platform to actually play. And I, which and is I think what is going two, on, man. Which is what is going that's on. That's what I'm agreeing. The, the two tries that came from there that were outstanding tries came from their nine. Came from their nines, yeah. getting quick ball and busting the line. Yeah. Pasatau was left in his feet. Not he's a good player, man. I just think you're fucking. Oh, oh, you I'm do just, this once a season, mate. You pick a young guy and then you swing from him. Guys, it wasn't me. I was quoting Tim Horan that Pasatoa had a blinder of a game. With that said, I'm happy to swing from this kid because I was swinging from him when he was 17 years old watching the highlights. I think he I think he is. I'm with Tim Horan. I think he is a future Wallaby 10. Um, but he's 20 years old. So let's just let's just chill. But I, I think he is a future Wallaby 10. I, 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 absolutely. Like he has all of the skills. And in particular, I love his reluctance to throw a spiral when it's short passes on. I think in this day and age, the cheeky Jeff Tuvey is underrated and he just throws a hell of a Tuvey and it just makes you look like you're bowling at 10. Uh, and that's enough for me to love him. And that's enough for me to say he will be a future Wallaby 10. But I agree. Um, let's let him play a couple of seasons of Super Rugby first. And I wasn't dissing the Rebels, the Force Pack, um, but I think it's the same pack as last year plus Rodder. And he makes that big of a difference. I just think the Rebels have gone backwards and backwards and backwards. So, yeah, that were my comments about Pasatara. It wasn't me swinging from him, but I will swing from him. You want me to be that guy? I'll be that guy. You're saying it's not you and then you swing, man. I don't know uh, what you're saying. You're swinging or you're not swinging? I'm swinging. You got me. You know me. Like a bit of swing music. Oh, I was wondering where you were going with that swinging then. Um, with the just with the with the force, so I have to say we mentioned uh, Lee Warner last week. It's not just Roder. I think he's putting in a lot of work, carrying the ball really well, doing a lot of the the dirty work. I know he's he's not going to get the recognition Roder does, but also the seven as well. Kotecker, I thought he had a good game, um, ball in hand as well. So I think there's a few players who have uh, exponentially increased their performance from last year compared to last year. So it must be, it, it may be similar players, but I just think the performance. Uh, I agree with you, Richard, but I'm going to go and I'll limb here and say the only ones that can match it once this is uh, Super Rugby Kiwis, Rodder, Anstey, Robertson, Katu, are in the rest of the pack are going to struggle. Yeah, they're absolutely well. I'm just taking off face value at the moment, but I agree with that. Anstey does look like he's been on Putin's potion. They probably can't make Putin jokes this week. Yeah, they were well timed. They weren't well timed. No, we got we got him just in time. Just thank God we release on a Tuesday now. Mm. Thank God. I don't know Wednesday that would have been bad. Um, But Anstey looks like he's been on the potion. He looks uh, like an absolute unit. So um, I do mean what I say. I do sound like I'm bad backpedaling. But I think the uh, the Western Force fans. I can't wait for them to have a game back in Perth because. Just even the buzz on the socials, 
they seem the sea of blue is a legitimate, uh, passionate rugby supporting crowd, uh, and it's a shame for the rebels. But fuck, think about the Melbourne Storm. What do they win the premiership in the league every second year for the last twenty years? No one gives a fuck. No, nah. like what uh, rugby union never stood a chance down there. Um, no. Nah. Anyway, quickly on the rebels. Uh, yeah, no, Richard. just just about the just about the rebels and. The problem is, and I agree with that argument that nobody cares because it's clearly true, but I feel like the fans have been given a bit of a disservice. You know, the problem is, as we said last week, there's no identity, there's chopping and changing, which suggests that there's always going to like that continuity. You know, you've got a gun 10 coming in, Carter Gordon, you know, and the first thing you do is a little bit of a poor game. You drop him completely. You drop him. I know he came on in the second half, but I just wish that that, that that Melbourne fan base, and there is a there is there are fans out there, just had, a, had something to cling to because at the moment they don't have that. And I, um, I don't see it happening anytime soon, really. I guess Carter Gordon's a very good point, though, Richard, isn't he? Because he's case in point for you have a good game and everyone says there's the next Wallaby 10. Yeah. It, it's it's yeah. Pasatara all over again. But then the poor Carter Gordon's got the Mac Anson treatment, see champion. Yeah, I know, which is ridiculous. And he looked, and the, the force looked, uh, sorry, the Rebels looked so much better when he came back on again, when he came on in the second half. Yeah. They did. Uh, stick with him. But it does seem to be, it does seem to be he's a very good second half bandit and the game's broken up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and at, at a better club, he probably comes off the bench and builds into a career. Um, mm. Yeah, not, not a lot of positives around that Reds, Rebels team. Um, Wells and Phillip are about my only... Um, exciting points. Wells just always hits yep. someone like he's the biggest kid on the field. He, he does some of the biggest hits in Australian rugby. I absolutely love watching him play, um, and I think he's grown in confidence. Um, and I think Philip continues to show himself to be every bit of an Australian second rower. But oh Jesus, guys like Hodge are just burying their chances of playing for the Wallabies, aren't they? And Matt Tamua. What's what's the uh, what's the solution? Because I agree with your point that they are bearing their chances. They're, they're going backwards. That uh, Ulysses, Philip, Powell, Tabua, uh, Tom Well, Ulysses come off injured again after thirty three minutes. He's uh, all of these guys. We could make an injured fifteen Australian team. Just players that are all promise and just can never get on the field. With some research, so, yeah. Obviously, we've got Bataille at 13. We've got Ulysses at two. Like, you could play Bataille anywhere you want in that back you could, line. You could, you could play him anywhere you like in that back line. Who else is a no-brainer? God, we, Look, with with research, we, we could do we're this We're 13 sure. short here, so I expect a bit of research, and uh, we'll crunch the numbers next week. But I, re- I reckon we're good. Dane, Dane, I'm going to throw in there Dane Hale Patty. Yeah, good shout. Good shout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a decent um, backline. Yeah, we're starting, to, we're starting to build a backline. They'll need some more. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get anyway, there. Anyway, we'll think on it. We'll think on it and we'll get back to you. But, look, long story short, you, you mentioned Powell's name. He's a bum. Isn't he? How, and, and, how, and that's it. All you need to know about what's going on down at Rebel HQ is in that. Isn't he? Yeah, look, I'm not, a, no? I'm not opening this can of worms, but if, like, the Rebels are the one team too many this season. Just not that many players. Aren't they? It's harsh. Well, that's harsh. But every year I think that's Australian rugby. That's a setup, right? That's harsh. Yeah. And this was their grand homecoming to Amy Park. Three points. Cheers. I think you said last week, Jim, this is their season. I said that to about the force. Rebels have no chance. We no, know. I just the force are a good team. I didn't think I thought they had it seriously. That's why tips are, I thought for your reason. Grand homecoming. You know, let's let's uh, let's rip it up. Let's play the exciting brand. Just didn't happen. Just so disappointed. But look, 
wasn't too deep. Did you tip McGed this season, Richard, or is that um, it? Fiji, maybe? Uh, Which is next week. Part of me feels that I want to tip him again, just out of just pure, like, spite. Hang in there, just... Richard. You you run with him. There that goes for you. Uh, okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> should we jump over? We'll, we'll work backwards through the game. I'm liking that setup, boys. Um, and plenty of rugby news I want to chat this week too, but the Blues Hurricanes. Um, look, before we even get into anything specific about this game, um, the, the style of rugby being played in New Zealand is so different from the style of rugby coming out of the Northern Hemisphere right now because we are getting the footage from the Six Nations and able to compare them to. It's legitimately a different sport, and I'm not saying the Kiwi is better. Um, I think in previous years that was the you'd lean into that um, because New Zealand rugby at the moment, there is just so little contest at the breakdown, um, so little focus on the set piece, like it's not seen as a weapon. It's just seen as a means to getting the ball out. It makes for very exciting rugby. Um, and, and then in addition to that, not heaps of focus on defence either. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not seeing a lot of But stuff. we've seen this. We've seen this play out. We've seen this play out on the international stage and it seems to be that more structured, ruck-dominant, scrum-focused set Works piece. until you play new. It, it, it tends to get the head. Until last year. I don't know. They tend to choke, man. But I don't know if that was a COVID thing or that was a tide turning type of thing. It tends, I find it, I find it tends to turtleneck the um the more expansive quick play because it can be a frustrating process when they don't come out and you're ending up in a scrum that's just dominating your scrum and then it's territory and then it's chipping away at threes and then Yeah, you've described every single wallaby game ever. But then they try that against the Kiwis, and it's always a case of they're so boring. They're never going to beat the Kiwis with up and unders and set piece. Um, I don't know. Is are the Kiwis have they gone too far? Have they doubled down too far on this expansive? I think up there that what you really need. I think what you really need to take into account, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but this is just a Super Rugby game as opposed to a uh, an international game between. Um, two teams that pretty much hate each other. Fair play, took it up, can we go one further, though? I would say it's even more exaggerated when you go to club rugby in Northern Hemisphere. Absolutely, and that's what I was going to go on to. So I, if you exaggerate the club rugby in the Northern Hemisphere versus club rugby and super rugby, absolutely, they're chalk and cheese. However, when you have an international game, Australia, New Zealand, Australia, um, South Africa, South Africa, New Zealand, I think it's a lot closer. Mm. I think it's just because the, the chasm occurs when you're comparing club rugby's, um, and I think the Kiwis have got a bit too far. I love it as a spectacle. I oh, sit it's there brilliant. and watch it. It's but, brilliant to watch. Um, but just it's nothing um, better. But just if you're going to say the the jump from Super Rugby to international rugby is getting bigger and bigger if you continue to play the the very much loose style game that was that we observed at the weekend, which is outstanding to watch. And by the way, the Blues should never have lost that game, and but but they did. Uh, but I think it will tighten up as the season goes, and when those games mean more because you want to make playoffs, etc. I just think it's the embryonic stage to the season, and I think people are loving doing that. What they're doing, about. I, I tell you what, having the week off before it didn't help the Blues. You know, they played the week before; they probably wouldn't have slacked off with ten to go here. Such a clear winning margin, and you know, Kane's just fucking Artie Savia. There's not enough credit that goes in. 
to what that man must put his body through every single week because he's not a young player anymore to stay at your physical peak and to dominate in a position with a lot of big names and big bodies running around it blows my mind and it's epitomized with him running off the wing on that last try fucking sprinting 80 meters outrunning the back line and scoring under the post after he's broken a tackle that was just one of the most beautiful things to watch and i fucking loved that Tuivasa Shek got palmed off to set the whole thing up. <laughs> Two things on that. One, I couldn't agree more, Jimbo Jones. Um, Adi Savia, right now, and, and this is the type of hyperbole you throw around a podcast like this, and we'll probably say it about DuPont later on, but Adi Savia, if he's not the best player in the world, he's the second best player in the world. Um, he, he His ability to have an impact on a game right now is incredible. Um, he is an absolute machine. Um, I absolutely endorse every comment you just made. Um, and then two of us to check. I think that's um, that's a really interesting one. I think he's clearly going to be a freak. Um, you just you just watch the footage Isn't of he? when he played rugby union as a schoolboy, and you look at what he did in rugby league. Um, he was an absolute wrecking ball. But but Delian, where's the lesson learned? Like, there's no way you're going to bring in a bloke who hasn't played rugby for ten years and put him in inside centre. There's, there's, there's no way you can – they leak so many points for that lack of continuity. This is what I mean by there's no value in defensive structures. Um, he just needed to – he needs to be in the wing for a bit. Like he might end up at 12, but he's just – it just seemed crazy to me for the continuity of your defence. Yeah. The counter-argument to that is that this is what gives the less the super rugby less credence is the fact that, is that if he learns it in the Super Rugby and the Blues finish fourth or fifth, they don't really care. But they won. They it. care, mate. They won the comp last year. They care. Yeah, no, no, no. But hear me out. But the big picture, if he's been brought in for all this money, is for him to get in the uh, get in the All Black team. And the way that he'll get in that All Black team is inside centre. So he learns and plays, um, learns from his mistakes playing it inside centre. I don't think he learns anything from playing out on the wing. Maybe. The nuances of play. The nuances he needs to play in that position because he can't play friendlies. Whatever, and it might to a younger guy, an experienced guy, it might ruin him. But for an international class player, um, I think he, he has to play in that position. You have to Maybe, but I think you're an assuming a bit of a nationalised top-down system. Surely it's not that explicit. Where it's we want him as a twelve. Do you not think it's not? Issue now? So do you not think 12. it? Do you not think it? I, I choose to believe. I, I don't reckon it is. I don't reckon it is. I'd love to know, though, if you're listening and you know the ins and outs of New Zealand rugby, can the All Blacks say, we want to see this person here? I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Anyway, I, I just think it was a it was a miss by the Blues, but you could be right, Richard. It could be a long-term plan, and I'm sure long-term it probably pays off um, because we know we've got the talent. Well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing he's not playing on the wing because as you do find out with these Kiwi teams, man, they just pluck someone from the mountains, throw them on the wing, and Celesi Rayasi with a hat-trick. Um, fuck that dude can finish, man. I caught that you shit. catch that he shit? Finish, mate. Um, brilliant. I was off the canes just because of the, the 9 and 10. Once TJ was out, I just thought, ah, oh, they don't have the... The inside pairing to get it done. And then I just thought Julian Savia at 12 just compounds that, doesn't it? The lack of playmaking ability. But they just stormed back into this game. So fair play to them. Do you know, as you say, how, how good is um, uh, Bailey Sullivan? Like, I think he outshone um, Tuvashi Shek in that game. And I think he's got a, uh, a big future ahead of him that, uh, 
Uh, that Bailey, Bailey Sullivan, I thought he played really well. And that pisses me off because who's he, you know? Never heard of him. Yeah, missed a few tackles himself, but set up two tries, man. Fucking face palm two of us, Shek. There's some talent there. I, I, Harold Bishop has declined for me. I don't understand how you can take the field with a rig like that. <laughs> I really don't. Surely he is not at his optimum running around at that Do you reckon way. he misses playing in the Rebels? Just hanging out in Melbourne, having some coffee. Do you reckon he misses it? Wasn't that a laugh? Wasn't <laughs> that a tell you laugh? what, they'd kill for him right now. Oh, that's a worry, isn't it? Just calling some random street plays um, at 10 there. Shall we move on to the uh, the most important game of the round, the Brumbies uh, Fiji Drua? It's definitely not the most important round, man. Take your, take your blue, yellow and uh, white <laughs> goggles off, mate. Um, look, didn't this one go exactly to script? This is the Brumbies bread and butter, right? If they're going to tell anyone, or everyone's going to tell the Drua, but the way they played, this game was made for them. But you've got to give it to the Brumbies. They rested a few players. It looked like just the right amount. It showed the absolute depth in their squad. Uh, When you've got Nick White, F.Y. Sotia, and Jesse Mogg on the bench, three Wallabies in your back line coming on, not to mention Scott C.O., the Fiji drew and never stood a chance in this one, and, and the Brumbies did everything right. They did their job exactly right, um, and I really enjoyed it. And, and I think I was a bit mean on Tom Banks last week. I thought he looked outstanding this week, just that turn of pace. Um, but it's the drawer, so I probably shouldn't get too carried away. Yeah, and, and you know, we've seen that narrative play out so many times on the international stage. Rips, barnstorming. He's got a Reese Hodge runabout him that doesn't hold up. But, look, enjoy your Super Rugby career because it's been a very good one. It's been a very good one. Uh, I'm not ready to write him off just yet. This is going to sound horrible, and I meant everything I said about the Drua last week. I'm so bloody happy they're in this comp, and I think three or four years down the track, they're a formidable side. But I kind of like having a weak team in this comp that isn't Australian. Oh, wow. It's nice to see these players. It's nice to see these players look elite. Wow. It's harsh, man. You went too far. Yeah, seriously, man. No, man, that's disgraceful. What do you reckon the Moana Pacific is doing? They're just sitting there going, fuck. Anyone feeling sick? <laughs> Anyone feeling sick over there? <laughs> you catch that Drua game? I feel like shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone got symptoms? <laughs> ah, call it off. We call shouldn't jest about something serious like that. Those poor bastards. No, we shouldn't. They've got the Crusaders next week. So, so some. Not, not a great yeah, if they were If they were bunging it on, they'd probably do it for another week. Um, any other comments on the Primary Drua? <laughs> Uh, just the, the left winger, um, Habosti, um, I thought did all right for the, the, the number 11, um, carried the ball well, uh, looked at, looked at uh, a threat, need to, get him, uh, need to get his hands on the ball more wherever possible. So I thought he, was a, he, he played well. It's a pretty safe bet, that comment, with any Fijian team, isn't it, that the winger looked threatening. They just have brilliant wingers for days. Um, yeah, the Tars and Reds. Now, didn't this game take off? Oh, for enjoyment factor. Absolutely. I mean, the Blues-Canes was a barnstormer, but something about these Tars Reds just had all of the ingredients of some bloody brilliant rugby. Pissing down rain at Leichhardt. The boys fired up, throwing punches. Um, I loved everything about this game. I think there were some great stories that came out of it. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved the game. And the Tars have got to be hurting that they didn't win this one. A tragedy, a great tragedy. must must be shattered because they had all heart at Leichhardt and they just could not fucking pull the trigger on them. All the territory in the world, all of it, 
and didn't really seem like anyone was playing particularly poorly either. It was just, you know, hands that would you'd expect in a weathered game like this, even though the hands were fucking pretty good. They, they, they handled very well. It's just like they just could not cross the whites and the reds. Reds played poorly, didn't they? The, that, that's the worry for the Tars, right? I haven't seen this group of players play this well ever. The Tars players, they play. I haven't seen the Reds play that bad in in two seasons. They had one shocker last year. The Reds were awful. They were missing Tupo. They were missing McDermott. Their set piece was a disaster, um, and they still won. And they still won. Um, and they shouldn't have. They no, they shouldn't have. I agree with you. But had absolutely no had, business. Oh, no agree, business being inside. It tells inside. you something about winning culture, uh, winning belief. What are you saying about culture? I'm saying, you're saying the culture. I'm saying the culture is outstanding. <laughs> the Reds' culture. It's been on the boil for a little bit longer. It's a slow cooked dinner. Yeah, they. They couldn't get out, and, yeah, they had their injury hits, which I haven't seen or read anything about how they eventuated, but, gosh, I hope everyone's fit and healthy. But, um, mate, this is just you've, you a losing Colt, a team that's so used to losing, to be tripped up after so much has gone their way and they've played so well. Like, fuck, that mental turnaround is tough, and I think they found that out at Leichhardt on Friday night. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double – I mentioned this on Twitter and got a few bites, but um, I'm going to double down and just say it here. The Queensland Reds with Taniello Tupo are the best team in Australia. The Queensland Reds without him are an average team in Australia. And Jesus wasn't obvious in this game. They, the, not just the scrum, because they got pumped at the scrum. They got absolutely pumped at the scrum by the Waratahs, yes. Not just the ad line, which they could have used in the rain. They seemed to lose confidence. It's like, uh, I don't know, you, you boys are into basketball. Who's a team that relies on that one superstar? I know they all pile on and pick two or three superstars, Give me a name here. I'm looking for a simile here. Someone can throw me a bone. But I don't know. There's good players in all of them, but you probably think Giannis with the Bucks, take him, and they're a different oh, yeah. team, aren't they? They have to change yeah, stuff. Very completely. average team without Giannis. Very average team. That is how the Reds feel. And I, rugby's not like that, the way it's played. It's not five guys on the field. But it was like the Reds had their confidence and their heart just ripped out of them. They looked... Well, they just looked defeated when they ran on the field. And then they got pumped in all the areas... You expect him to get pumped without Tupac. I know, I know this goes against my point earlier on that you made about Pasatala, but I just feel like, uh, yes, Tupac makes a huge difference and he is one of, he's probably the best player in Australia right now. Um, and he does absolutely make a difference. Um, but losing McDermott in that, uh, in that first half, end of the first half, uh, was a massive difference because I think that uh, not only uh, made them struggle to play off nine, but also um, James O'Connor played really poorly. And maybe that is... Because he didn't have the security, he? he didn't have the security of Tupo. Uh, whether it was Wilson had a very poor evening um, uh, as well. Didn't get over the game. Work rate was high though. Work rate was high though for J- for JOC. No, for Wilson. That's what impressed me about him. He didn't have one of his dominant games, but he was still everywhere. He was still everywhere. Carried a lot of the ball, but a lot of it was for negative or neutral game. But he did. He did. You know, take the ball up, but uh, yeah, it wasn't. Well, as- on that one, I thought was interesting. People were throwing some shade that um, Harris for the Tars definitely outplayed him that night. Yeah, he had an absolute yeah. blinder of a game. But when they were in the under twenties for Australia, Harris kept Wilson out. Mm. Um, Harris was the eight. Wilson would play six. Um, so make of that what you will. There's something going on with this. There's something going on with this Wilson saga that I have I must have misread. 
or I must have skipped that line. But it, it feels like a fan that there's something going on in that narrative that we're not in tune with. What do you mean? It just looked like the best number eight ever and then... It, like, this time last year, it was just like this man's a god. He looks huge. He looks super keen. He's motivated. He's screaming when they get pilfers on the line, like fully into it. And then they just didn't take him on tour. And now his confidence is a bit shattered. And here we are saying he's getting a bit outplayed, even though his work rate's high and he's doing great things. Like it seems to be, it's all still there. He's just not got that X factor that's getting him picked. That's what the Reds felt like for me. Like, where was the X factor? Um, Mate, it wasn't, it wasn't coming from JOC, which is the narrative that I went to sleep thinking about how one dimensional his play has become, just not offering anything on the foot. Like, could be the slowest back in that back line, and I'm not even fucking joking. I'd love to see them all run over 100. That's the real story of this game, right? It's Donaldson's boot. It was pissing down in the rain. The Tars didn't actually kick that much, but when they did kick, he kicked very, very well. Mm. Uh, and I thought that's why the Tars were going to win it. Um, but in the end, they somehow didn't. I, I, I still don't quite under, understand how they didn't. Because, but, because can I just, 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 uh, just to say, I think uh, it goes back to your culture question about not being able to get over the line because if you look at it, the last pass. No, no, don't no, no, feed no, no. Jim the culture no, but it's, for the it's, task. It's the last, I'm going to, it's, uh, um, it's the last pass or the penultimate pass. They always seem to make an error or misjudge it. You know, they do really well up to like, you know, in three quarters of it. And even whether it was the, the big looped pass, which would uh, uh, allow the team to, to shift across. And the Reds' defence was great. Don't get me wrong. But... It's that it, it's uh, yeah, about it that they, it's about those specifics or those clutch moments. And talk about X Factor leads me on to X Factor for the the uh, Reds. I thought Sarah Uru when he came on made a huge difference for them um, in the last half an hour. You know, getting ben, over so bench um, bench was important, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the issue with the with the Tars. Their X factors covered off the bench are nowhere near. They've got a they started to build a culture at 15, but they don't have a 23-man squad that's gonna take them to the promised land at the moment, especially with that execution lacking in the last couple of uh, elements of a game. I thought um for as well as Donaldson played and I was swinging from his nuts all night. Um and I think he's another superstar too. There's a lot of exciting tens. I thought he shat the bet a little bit in the 22. Yeah, that's right. I mean. uh, once once ever it got a bit of white line fever, he chose the wrong option quite a bit um down in that that key part of the game. But that's that's what I meant. Here's your here's your case in point though. He's a tenner who just needs another season. Um, yep. And he starts making the right choice and they're ahead by 14 and all of a sudden it's a different game. Uh, but the scoreboard pressure of the Reds, you got to give it to the Reds. They played poorly. A lot of blokes were injured. Their scrum was non-existent uh, and they still won. Um, so you've got to give it to them. But um, I think they're going to need Tupo and McDermott back quick, smart, if they're going to um, go anywhere in this competition. And it's funny, a week ago we thought, oh, they're going to win this thing easily. Um, they just looked they looked different. It was there was something about an upset out there. Mm. And you want to talk about the guys in the back line not doing much for the Reds, but it's pissing down rain. It's not their job um on a day like that. I remember the Tars did this last year. I can't remember who it was against, but after some shattering losses, they came out guns are blazing, and you're like, this is an amazing team. And they just got pipped in the death again. 
and they never really bounced back from the season with that. I think this is a real test. I'm very happy to sit here and eat humble pie on the culture of the task because fucking all 15 of those, 23 of those, those wanted that win. And We're going to be having an even bigger um, slice so that- of humble pie in the next few weeks because I think it's going to have the exact opposite effect on this task because they're not coming off a run of losses. They won every trial. They pumped the drawer. I think they're a, they're a team um, who's on the up and up. But I agree with both of you. They don't have the 23 to deliver, but they maybe got the 15 to win at home a little bit, and that and that's the goal. Mm. I, I, I was leading into the next week being a real test. How they respond to this is huge, and it's setting up for a fucking thriller at GIO, isn't mm. it? This is going to be an absolute thriller. Conditions are meant to be perfect, but it is a Tuesday here, so things change quickly in La Nina, but um, it's supposed to be outstanding it's going to be fucking blood on blood hard on hard expect a few uh loose fists opened open loose open fists um expect them to come out but but fuck i'd be a bit worried if i was the brumbies right yeah look it'll be an interesting game all in all but tars reds a um quality game for australian rugby the rain added to the drama and the theater of it but it did kill the buzz i think with the crowd a little bit um, so hopefully later on in the season, Tars can get some good weather, get some fans out there. Um, and then the first game of the round was Highlander Saders and Saders are going to Sader. Yeah, like, no, I, I agree. So what, what more could you <laughs> eulogise about them, you know, like you know, Will Jordan? Well, Fergus Berkeley just comes from nowhere and suddenly looks like a fantastic footy player, you know, just fits into their system. And you think it's going to be close and then 14 unanswered points or whatever it was. So... Yeah, they're just a, a juggernaut of a team, which is going to be very hard to stop. Well, when I forgot to tip and I put this on on Highlanders wrap, I was like, holy moly, this is how I jumped to the top of the ladder. And then I was like, oh, it's, it's the Crusaders. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, yeah. Look, I still don't like Sever Reese. He's a dick. Um, Fergus Burke, what yeah. a name. Mm. Cracking name. Great name. Um, yeah, right. Anything else to add on that one? <laughs> <laughs> that was deep analysis. Deep. But deep. It, it was. Look, other than yeah, just the sway of the game where it was like the Highlanders, oh, fuck, what's going on here? And then Sader's going to um, say I think they, they do. Upsetting just I think so. the difference is the Highlanders played well on their crude points, but just the, the pure clinical nature of the tries that the Crusaders scored is just they're unstoppable at times. All right, another rugby news and quite a bit of news going around the town. Um, firstly, and namely, the most important, the most handsome man in Australian rugby, uh, the best-looking bloke in the country. Those shorts have been tucked in every minute of every game this season. Pete Samu re-signed to 2023. How bloody good. Well, he had to, didn't he? He had to. His job's clearly not done here when we're still getting upwards of 10 people not tucking their shirts in while they're playing. He's clearly set a goal, done his professional development, he, and, he, and he knows what he wants to do, and he wants to get the whole 23 And until he does that, fuck it. You know, he's got to hang around. He's got to hang around. Um, fuck it. On a, I wouldn't say more serious note because it doesn't get any more serious than, than that, uh, looking like a respectable athlete, uh, but I would say he's the exact type of bloke we usually lose. 30 or 40 tests, maybe not going to be the starter next World Cup, but they are essential to yeah. our Super Rugby teams being competitive. They are essential to the Wallabies having a strong squad and a decent training camp. Um, the exact type of bloke we normally lose, you could name 50 of them, 
Um, and I was real worried Pete Summer was going to be another one uh, because he isn't your starting six, seven or eight, I don't think, for the Wallabies. And, and they're the ones we normally struggle to pay the next rung down. So I was very, very pleased. Richard, you're awful quiet. You don't like yeah, a tuck shirt. Richard, if, if anyone here likes a tuck shirt, I thought it'd be you. Man, a tuck shirt is outstanding. Absolutely. Like, what is there not to love about a tuck shirt? I, I'm just disappointed if anyone doesn't wear a tuck shirt now. <laughs> um, and s- some other Australian What's rugby that? news. Unfortunately, a couple of Wallabies have signed overseas, or it looks like they will. Salakai Loto. Uh, Frost. So, Jesus, we just hemorrhage second rowers like it ain't a thing. Uh, and there was someone else, but I can't remember right now. Um, I think those two are, are a massive loss for Australian rugby, not because I've ever been the biggest Salah Lotto fan, but he's a wallaby. We need him for super rugby, don't we? He's he's the Pete Samu that we need. Um, and then Frost, I think, is a tragedy. If you look at what he did in the under-20s, hadn't even cracked the Brumbies yet. Um, he's, the future was, and excuse the height pun, but the sky was the limit there. What hey. a fucking disaster. Any thoughts? Man, we talk, we, talk about this, we talk about this a lot and you weigh up what, you, what you've got going on and how fleeting an athletic career can actually be. I, I just don't know. I just don't think there's a carrot that exists that could keep these people in the country. I think if we look at Pete Samu's particular circumstance, not that I fucking know it, but you know he's got a young kid, man. I think he might even have another on the way. Like his life is just set up. The the, the dreams of leaving and, and playing in France and earning as much for as you can, like I think those not everyone's Japan, dreams. Point still stands. Um, I don't begrudge any. Like it's hard to uproot your life and live in Japan for eight, six to eight months. The argument like is as well, especially not only the money, but it's like I can go in there and make my life. But I stayed in Australia and I did my, I paid my dues, and then they just picked the guy from overseas anyway. So I was just leave. Well, well, exactly. Like you, boys, you boys are young families. Would you pack your bags and go for away from? Your family I don't begrudge a single player for these decisions. No, I, do I. I don't think you can. Whether no. it's Mac Hansen, Frost, McMahon. Corabetti, whatever stage of the career you like, I don't begrudge any of them. Whether it's the young bloke wanting to experience life in Europe or Japan uh, and set himself up, maybe come back and play later, whether it's the bloke at the end of his career wanting to cash his chips in, whatever your decision, whether it's family or no family, whether it's partying or getting on the Bordeaux grapes, um, whatever your decision, I don't begrudge a single player. I do resent the system where this has emerged um, because really it seems us in New Zealand hemorrhage the most players quite dramatically because of our weak dollar um, and the lack of interest in the sport in this country. It's just not competitive. Um, we, we, We're playing at 100. Yeah, like it, it is what it is. Mate. It just sucks. I begrudge, I begrudge that. It's crap. It's, it's <laughs> crap, man. That's the part that, that's, that sucks, man. But uh, there isn't a silver bullet. But they did announce changes to the Gitto law, n- now the Krevy clause. Yeah. Fuck, why are they, they just, it seems like they're crawling to no, well, this fucking is anyone any opposite. Time. So the new rule is... is I thought it was the new rule. Tell me, tell me what the rules are. It's capped at three. Crazy. Where'd they pull that number from? Where? Well, I think that number, the number equals Karevi Korobedi Cooper is what the number (laughs) equals. 
um, I think it's pretty straightforward. Or maybe Rory Arnold, who's now what, the highest paid player in the world? Highest paid Australian player in the world. Um, crazy that he's just playing overseas. Um, Tall Timber, big balsa. He was the original the, duo. Look, I understand the decision, right? Because I think if it's three, that's enough where you don't wreck the continuity of your team. And it's basically saying, okay, if you're at the top of the game, we acknowledge we can't keep you, we can't afford you. But if you're the next rung down, if you're a Frost, if you're a Samu, if you're a Solokai Loto, you'll never play for the Wallabies again. That door's shut. Mm. I think that's what the policy's saying. So it's trying to keep the blokes we normally struggle to keep. Um, so I understand the decision, and I think three keeps the continuity. I think when we went to the Northern Hemisphere, last year was very different. I think Rennie was testing the waters. It was COVID, yada, 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 trying to keep the young blokes at home. Um, but we were a continuity of mess. We are a disaster. We didn't know what our identity was. Um, so you're saying a bigger number than this could destabilise the Super Rugby? Destabilise Super Rugby and destabilise the Wallabies. I think you bring in five or six bikes into your 15, you, you're going to crap the bed. There's no way you can have any... Mm. We become... Australia becomes the Bordeaux grape situation, yeah. doesn't it? They set their families up over in France and they just lollipop down here for some art. <laughs> so I don't I don't hate it, the rule of three. It seems reasonable to me. And if you know you lose a Tupo, God forbid, um, or it's Rory Arnold if you think we're struggling in the row, or it's Quade Cooper, because none of the tens have quite got there yet, or it's Samu Karevi, who we probably all acknowledge would be, you know, top three players in Australia. They're reasonable players to bring home. But do you really need to be bringing my reaction? to smoke darts and punch people? No, nah, no. Nah. But my instant reaction is I think three is one or two oh. too short. I reckon four or five was that number because we've got four or five. We've got more than that. World-class players, mate. And we should be able to pick the best players in the world for our team. But I understand. Look, it's fucking it's delicate. But I think three is a bit too shy. Richard? Yeah, it's hard because... I, I agree with with Jim. I think three is is quite limiting. Um, so I think five is probably a, a, a better number. But the problem is, as you say, it opens up to the it opens up the doors too many uh, to too many people. So I, yeah, I, I wish think you a could lot keep of average players think they're in the five. Yeah, don't they? Yeah. But my question to you is, and I haven't read the fine. So that's on. That's on my YouTube. My lawyer's going through it now, but <laughs> that's why I pay my lawyer. But if is it. Three on contract or three in the squad because we don't know who we're getting. Because if QC comes back and fuck, he just he plays like Richard reckons, then shit, we wasted a pick on you. You know what I mean on the contract, or if we can just on the game day squad, no, it's three you, in a squad you know? per tournament. So you could do three for the rugby championship, a oh. different three for the Northern Hemisphere tour, or a different three when Ireland come down here. Is it Ireland coming down in? It's England down in. It's England, yeah. Um, so it's England, three yeah, per tournament, which I think makes a bit of sense because you know oh, it just gets ugly once you know one of them gets injured. Do you bring back? I don't know. It seems like a reasonable compromise given the shit fuckery of the situation. Um, but mm-hmm. but interesting nonetheless. Jim is a um. Jim, as a Washington Commodores fan, are you? Uh, are you? Do you have any kind of, um, you know, connection to wasting a pick? Is that something that you can, you know, resonate? Does that resonate with you? You know what? I, I've been a I've been a big fan of, of our picks. I think our first round pick this year, Jamin Davis, was uh, no good. I think we play him in a position. Look, not. we don't need to go into this. I'm on the <laughs> podcast. But, I'm um, fucking bored. 
<laughs> but everyone just get ready because Aaron Rodgers is in the talk oh, to come okay, over sure. to Washington. It's either him or, or dangerous oh, Russell Wilson. Okay. Right. Run up now. Okay. Into the worst <laughs> club in the um, NFL if you're interested. I have a bit of, uh, bit of news. Did you see? Uh, congratulations to... Uh, uh, the Scottish women's team for the first time ever, they, uh, they they qualified for the Women's World Cup, which is later on the year. So all the pools have now been finalised. So um, all the, um, which is pretty exciting, actually, we'll obviously with the rearrangement um, later on this year. So um, congratulations to them. Um, I thought it was uh, really good. That, That's good uh, news. Uh, we got, uh, obviously, a huge amount of, um, you know, a build-up now mm. leading up to the competition. Cool. What's the vibe, Richard, on the Six Nations where you are right now? What's it like over there? Well, I'm in Kanoa, so um, I guess it's not much from you. There's not much that. vibe here. I don't think they give a shit. Jim, if I'm honest. Um, <laughs> oh. Marcus Smith relying on his boot man. England are scraping through. They have no business in this next let's, World let's Cup. Let's just use the let's just use um your phrase. Oh, they didn't play well, but they, they got over the line. So you know, it's a sign of a good team. <laughs> Can I, team boys, I, yeah, you know the culture's there. there. Can I just say about England? Uh, that right? Charlie Morgan, Telegraph UK. Fuck, he does good rugby analysis, and he broke down Eddie Jones's new attacking plan which is something, Eddie Jones, if you remember back to 2003. I don't believe we should have numbers on jerseys. Memories. No, no, Did you guys hear um, Justin Harrison do his Eddie Jones imp- impersonation? Uh, he did it just mid one of the games last week. I think week. Matt Giddo just was going to. Anyway, um, if you remember back, he's always trying to do it, that he doesn't believe there should be positions um, and this sort of, uh, obsession with positions in the back line has led to formulaic play. And apparently when you analyse the way England's attack is setting up, he's really, really trying to play this unstructured back line where you basically, wherever you land at the next breakdown, you just play. Um, and it was a really fascinating analysis and sort of Marcus Smith is the key to playing that freer style of rugby um, but the talk was you know it's not working it requires a lot of continuity a lot of repetition um, I just thought it was a fascinating read uh, and a really interesting analysis and not you know the stereotype you put entrenched of your head of, of England um, of how they play and the sort of I guess the real pay is two years from now if he can keep a squad together um, has, he, has he built something that no one else is ready for or is it more Eddie well, what's Jones the evidence that something like that would work? Mate, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Like, surely there comes a point where you've been coaching so long, where you've tried everything and you're desperately trying to reinvent the wheel in some way that will skew in your direction. Uh, it, it comes off a bit like that. Yeah. Or he knows something about his squad and his players and how they work together that we don't. But he doesn't have time in that position. There's already talk that he's not going to coach at the next. I think this must be something he would have had in his. I don't think that counts. <laughs> I think um, I think the, the big the operative word that you used was consistency of selection. And the problem is England have been the, a complete antidote antithesis of consistency. Everyone has been uh, been so many ch- changes in that back line. Um, and I I was excited to see Tuolangi come back in twelve just to give it a bit of. Uh, you know, old school, straight up at 12, et cetera. And unfortunately, that didn't materialize because he's injured again. So he could be in the injury injury, 11, injury 15. Um, 
and I think that's the thing. You've got to. He could be. He players. could be. Yeah. I reckon he could partner Patea in the centres. That's a great shout. The team's building. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just think that that's the problem. If you're going with this unique style, you need to be, as you said, consistent. And England have been absolutely not. And I don't foresee that. Conti- I, I see the trend continuing. The the pace of the game, the, the number of injuries, etc. So. I think they'll probably dismiss it pretty quickly when Farrell and Ford and everyone comes back in, unfortunately, because Marcus Smith, if he is allowed to play what's in front of him, um, is is the future because he's electric in the club in the club system. Um, I'll re- look, I'll retweet yeah. the article it's- on our uh, Twitter when our podcast comes out on the regular on a Tuesday. So I'll tweet it, have a look, see what you think. I thought it was um, an interesting take on the way that they're trying to play the game. Um, really quickly, Six Nations... Uh, France have become the beast we all thought they might turn into. They look incredible. God, they look good. Yeah, they really, they really do. And the that, world take note because this is going to be the that team. spider that cam of Dupont setting up that try. Whew, love that shit. That's gorgeous. It wasn't only that. I agree completely. Dupont's. Uh, you know, took the ball and beat so many players, but it was the quick ruck ball as well. They just got the the, the 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 blues over the game line so effortlessly. It wasn't slowed down by anyone. It was just seamless. It was, that that try was amazing. And I just think first team to really put it Scotland to the sword in some time. Um, you know, Scotland haven't delivered in that. Is this the Scottish team that could win the Six Nations? Is this beat the Wallabies? They won the first game. Um, but no one's really put them to the sword. France just decapitated them. Didn't yeah, but in all, fairness, in all fairness, both Australia and England, I reckon, on most days um, would have beaten that, beaten that Scottish team. They, they were just, they should have done. But, um, um, yeah. I Give it up they're, to they're France, right. though. They, they really did. They really did put them to, through oh, the guillotine, oh, didn't right. they? they? Oh, <laughs> dear, 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 dear. Come on, man. Uh, dude, isn't that the it French is, thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are, are France the hybrid though of the North and the South? The way they play, they've got both. It's a pretty good hybrid. A good, pretty good and version they, if they can, and they've can got do the it consistently. Too. Um, I can't wait for the end of uh, the end of the Six Nations. Who do France still have to play? They've got they've England got two to go. and England and Italy. England definitely. Yeah, um, that's it, isn't it? And Italy. I think England and Italy. I think. Yeah, they do shit the bed always at the end of the Six Nations, but you can't think they're going to shit the bed from here, do you? Even as even as a pond, no, Richard, no. surely not. No, and I'll check everyone that's close near me what their thoughts are on later. That's yeah, let us point. let us know what the Sharky fans think. Yeah, I will do. Um, <laughs> You're in Durban. Uh, we Shall we project the next week? Let's roll. Really Let's quickly, roll. Uh, Moana Pacifica out of their deathbed and up against the Crusaders. Out of their death, out of getting their straight death back out of their deathbed and getting straight <laughs> back in and it. back in. <laughs> <laughs> Quick sip of water. Uh, it's going to be historic bed. when they run out on the field, and I can't wait. Uh, but I think we all know how that one's going. That's yeah. right. Fiji and Drua ironing their sails for this one. This is as close as they're going to get. This is what as close got? as they're going to get. I don't know if they're going to get on the field. Have you guys seen and, and genuinely thoughts with anyone who's listening who's up in Brisbane right now? Um, you're probably not listening. Um, 
but thoughts with anyone in Brisbane and, and North New South Wales or Queensland, that is a horrible situation. But did you guys see the footage of Suncorp Stadium today? You you could sail across Flatted. it. Um, I think people were swimming laps. I can't imagine it'll be playable by Friday. Um, so I don't know if this one goes ahead. But if it does... Mm, perfect conditions for a drill. Perhaps. I, don't, I think they'd probably prefer a dry track. Um, but if it does, and actually that's an interesting point with the Reds, they haven't played in the dry yet, so they, it's rained every game for them, so maybe we've been too harsh on them. But Drew or Rebels, if it goes ahead, who are we tipping? Yeah. But Rebels, you, you just yeah, got Rebels. to. They're disappointed. They just don't have the wind in their sails, the Drew. Oh, good, good. Well played, sir. Well played. Yeah, like th- this is the Rebels, and if they don't win this, they should fold as a club. Um. Next, uh, I'm excited by the next. I'm excited by the next game. Yeah. It's his first game back in the back in Perth, I believe. So excited is it back in Perth? Game. I believe. Uh, HBF I believe baby. So. HBF Park. How bloody good! The Sea of Blue, yes. my favourite fans, second only to the Welsh. Um, how good! Force v Reds. Um, can the Force? They're on the up and up. Reds look like on the down and down. But to be fair, I think we all agree Reds have got the better squad and Reds haven't played um, in a, on a dry track yet. Who are you backing? Again, uh, yeah. The, oh, bit of a toss Again, it's that home Force field. won the last one too. I know. And it's like, this is a bit heart v mind. Yeah, because like, you know, first game back in Perth, you know, the whole occasion, the atmosphere, the, the Force actually have a good team. But to get to go back to your point, the Reds have a way of winning. So, uh, no, I'm going to go force. Let's go force. Wow, I, I'm going to lean. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to lean Reds this way. I'd be very very happy with a force win. I wouldn't be, but um, the elation and the the expenditure of energy that comes from singing "Wrecking Ball" at the end of a match just might have them a bit tired for this game. Time zones have changed. They're f- the return to Perth could be a, a force of energy, but I don't hey. think it's going to come. I don't think they're going to play the full lady, and I think the Reds will be disappointed with what they put on the field last Under week. Just ask, Jim, are you trying to get a pun into every one of them? You talked about sales or force of energy. Are you trying to get in a pun into every one of these predictions? Yes, going out um, with a bang. Um, I just don't want you to get uh, get too down in the blues or whatever that next one is going to be. I'm sure that's going to be. So had I tipped Richard, sure. that would have been a good one, but I'm still I'm coming in the rears here. Um, Tupo uh, plays. Oh. Tupo plays Reds comfortably. He doesn't play. Oh, oh shit! We've got a ball game. Um, I'll probably still tip the Reds though. Just I think Tupo doesn't play. It'll be by an ant's toenail. Um, he plays. I think they'll. I think they'll win this one. But exciting times. Uh, we'll cut that so your Blues line works seamlessly into Blues Chiefs. What do you think, boys? Uh, blues will win. I'm going yeah. Blues here. Uh, just not across. I said this last time. I really time. do. I'm not across the Chiefs at all. So many other Blues as well. Uh, Canes, Highlanders? Oh. Canes. I'll stick my man. Touch of the coin. Here. Never easy tipping against Aaron Smith, is it? But the Highlanders yeah. look a bit shit. Oh. When Marty Banks is still running off your bench to fill in some spots, he, he did. There's this. He did last at. year, and I'm pretty sure he's been playing since '94. 
What like how is Marty Banks still and and ripping? Didn't he come off the bench last week and played Mate. quite well? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's on that on that Ben Smith just, diet. Taxes and a few taxes and nutrients. I've been chucking out. Not bad at all. Um, I'm on the games here. All right, and the last yeah, one. Oh, 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 oh. This is very exciting. Um, actually, chatting today, person from work was suggesting a road trip down here um, to go watch the Brumbies Tars. Um, wouldn't this be a belter of a game to go down and see live? Mm. Uh, Tars on the up and up, Brumbies at home in front of no one. Uh, but I do love GAO Stadium. Who do we reckon here? You're gonna. This is gonna be a curveball, man. But I reckon the Tars are gonna get up here. Show me your tips. When you put them in, I think you're talking absolute shit. <laughs> I reckon the Tars will get up here. I think they're hurting. All they right, Tars get up here. And the Brumbies, a good team, but you can punch them in the mouth and rattle them. Tars get up here. Them. You do the first 10 minutes of next week's podcast in a British accent. Done. I mean, Tars don't get up. That's what I meant. <laughs> no, I agreed to Tars getting up. All right, fine. They get up, you're in the accent. Uh, Richard, who are you on? Done. You're doing you're doing South African if it's a draw. <laughs> no deal. Uh, I, I've never won the Tars wanted to win so much in my life. Uh, the Brumbies will win. I'm oh, sorry. I think the Brumbies have got too much. Most of their uh, game changes are uh, are all uh, all had a rest this week, so I reckon the Brumbies will win. Brumbies squad's just too deep, and the Tars line out is still a little bit shaky. And I think the Brumbies look yep. really good there. The Tars scrum though, we didn't give Angus Belly's props when we spoke about that game. Pun intended, well bitches. Yeah. Um, he was incredible. I think the Tars <laughs> scrum is a real monster pack this year because of him. Um, so I think the Tars. Will make match the Brumbies there, but I just think at line out time they're going to struggle. And I think the Brumbies have just got more continuity, more depth. The Brumbies will get it done. Um, I think the front row of the Tars in general. Yeah, Parecki's is quite strong. a huge signing. Uh, hasn't he? He's he's come in like hasn't a wrecking Jeez. Oh, <laughs> we all fell for that. No, yeah, we all, Richard. No one's listening. Fair, if they did, they're all like what <laughs> hook, line, and sinker. Uh, all right. All right. Fuck, next week's exciting, man. There's genuinely four games that could go either way. Can't bloody wait. How good's rugby? How good is podcasting on the rag? It's great to catch up, boys. Pretty good. Um, oh. I've got nothing left to add. Anyone else? Nothing. No. Cheers. Hooroo. All right. Yeah. Hooroo.